Today's reading is taken from Ezekiel chapter 37, beginning to read at verse 1. And if you'd like to follow it in your church Bible, it's on page 868. The Valley of Dry Bones. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me to and fro among among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you, and make flesh come upon you, and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, This is what the sovereign Lord says. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up, and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, This is what the Sovereign Lord says, O my people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you and you will live, and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken. And I have done it, declares the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Um, I want to start by saying that at the back of the hall, or the sanctuary, there is a table with pens and paper and arts, crafts, So if you are someone who can't sit for a very long time without getting distracted or nodding off, um, or you think in terms of words and pictures and making things as a way to help you explore what it is that I'm talking about, then please feel free to use that space at the back. It's not just for children and young people. Older people can use it as well. So, shall we pray? Lord, I pray that the message that I will give this morning will capture hearts, minds, and souls. And that you would gift us with discomfort so that we may go and do your work. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to start by asking you all a question. 
When you look at the young people of this church who attend YSG, WGW, and Life Space, what do you see? I see an army of young people willing and waiting to hear and act on God and his command. I see an army of young people who want to see a different world. I see an army of young people who just want to get on, change injustice, change apathy, change lives, and change the way in which we see the world. When you look at the young people of Zone, those that loiter on the streets and those who hang outside our church doors, what do you see? I see an army of young people waiting to receive any grace and hope that is given, any sign or glimmer that Jesus is alive and loving them. I see an army of young people who want to see a different world. I see an army of young people who just want to get on, change injustice, change apathy, change lives, change the way in which we see the world. When you look at the young people of our nation, what do you see? I see an army of young people, tired of the apathy of their ancestors, tired of how we've neglected to take them seriously, tired of how we have broken their world, and tired of how we've given up on them completely. And I see an army of young people who want to see a different world. I see an army of young people who just want to get on, change injustice, change apathy, change lives, change the way in which we see the world. And when we look at the young people of this world, I wonder if all we see are dry bones, breathless bodies, a valley of despair. When we look at the young people of the world, I wonder if all we see are our own flaws and failings, our own weaknesses and insecurities. Is this how Ezekiel felt when he was led amongst the bones that covered the valley floor? I wonder if he felt, as I do most of the time, that this task, whatever it is, is just all too big. And it's easy to fall into this way of thinking when you hear the statistics that a third of UK teenagers have been drunk more than 20 times, and over 35% have experimented with drugs. One third of secondary school children have admitted to being a bully, having been bullied, or both. Children as young as six are cutting themselves, and one in 10 teenagers have cut themselves deliberately at least once. And the average age of this self-harmer is 11. And the main reason? The pain proves you're human. One in five people aged 16 to 25 has an eating disorder, and yet half a billion children and young people will go hungry to bed this evening. It is all too easy to only see a valley of bones, a valley of brokenness and hurt, a valley of misbehavior and attention-seeking. It is easy for the young people to echo Israel's cry, and say that hope is gone and our nation is finished. But I remember last year at Soul Survivor, weeping at the injustices of this world, praying for young people who felt numb, who had sunk into depression, and felt ill and anxious from the sickness of the world that had abused them. And I have to be honest, 
I could not see how things could possibly change. My weeping turned to wailing and was told by someone who prayed for me that God didn't want me to be upset about it. And it was at that time that anger surged as I realized there are not enough of us that are angry or upset that this is going on in our world. And there were certainly not enough of us who could think that this could change, who would do something about it and believe that the graves that had once swallowed people whole would indeed again open and release life. I wondered at that moment, if like Ezekiel, we use the phrase, well, only you know if things could change, Lord, to cover our own lack of faith at believing that things could be any different. What I have learned in working with young people is that this is not an issue for them. I want to share a story of a girl that I used to work with called Megan, who um, was a prolific self-harmer. And um, there were many occasions where I sat with her where she had tried to end her life. And she was a girl who used to walk around as if the world was on her shoulders and she didn't want to be noticed. And she was an archetypal sort of grungy young person. She had black long hair that was all across her face so that she couldn't see other people and no one could see her. And yet one day we were sat having a Bible study session and... um, She started self-harming within the session. And the people who were there stopped and just spoke God's words over her. And they prayed for her. And we were praying for her for about three, four hours solid, just interceding and seeing what it was that God wanted to do in her life. And at the end of that time, she lifted her head up and she swept her hair out of her face. And for Megan, that was a massive, massive step. She wanted to believe that things could be different and that she wasn't a pile of dried up bones for whom there was no hope. And I've met young people whose parents have died from drug overdoses or still struggle with alcoholism. And if you think that this is inner city London, I can tell you that these young people live right here in this village. I've met young people who struggle to read or write or struggle to see past revision and endless extracurricular activities. And yet, there is a faith that burns brightly, a faith that tells them that they are not dried up bones in a valley of darkness. But as I heard from one young person, we too can live life to the extreme. During my interview here, I was confronted with young people from YSG who wanted to be prime ministers, doctors, teachers, lawyers and actors. There was no doubt in their minds that this could be achieved and that in working towards these roles that they could change the world. And it was one of those things and opportunities that just really attracted me to hear. Every morning they seek revival in praying for it at breakfast time and share with one another pictures, words and where they have seen God in the week. In WGW, the young people are passionate about sharing what they know of God's love and constantly surprise me with how they view the world. They are a community of joy and grace who are seeking to go deeper with Jesus as they explore who they are in the midst of school and family life. In life space, the young people that plan and lead do so with a passion for God, rooted in prayer and scripture. They are always thinking about how they can be inclusive, reach out to others, 
and make it accessible and welcoming to all who come. In Zone, the young people know what injustices the world face are and are hungry for change, even if they don't know how it can come about. They have become soft and empathetic in their relationships and crave belonging to a community that cares for them. In Shrewsbury College, the young people want to bless others and have integrity, honesty and authenticity at the fore of who they are. As for young people who hang outside of church, the shop front and up in the allotments, they want to change the way in which others think about their generation to demonstrate that they are in fact hardworking and responsible if only they were given a chance to show others that. I wonder if, when we look at the young people of Shrewsbury and Baston Hill, we pray for life in their bones, whilst God is crying out to us that they are already an army, ready and raring to go. I have the privilege to encounter these individuals and groups day in, day out. And I hope that the young people who are sat here now are hearing this. But there is a sadness in my heart that there are many, perhaps even sat here today, that do not get to experience the hope that God's Spirit is able to renew us and all the world through the lives of our young people. Last weekend, I was on a silent retreat, exploring God's wisdom in the world. As the weekend drew to a close, I was still seeking something that would surprise me about the wisdom of God. And I took these photos up here of a tennis ball and a sewage pipe, and I sat and reflected upon them. The thought crossed my mind that the thing that surprises me about God's wisdom is that God, in fact, is a bit of a fool. He's a fool to let us look after this world when sewage pipes stick up out of the ground and abandoned tennis balls lay stagnant in a field. We cannot even look after these simple things, and yet we are who he places his faith in. We are the ones that God places his faith in to be a prophetic community that helps young people to discover the wisdom that will heal their wounds and call out their identity as an army of God. And we're also the ones that God places his faith in to discover his wisdom in the most unlikeliest of places. In my relatively short journey, I found that as a church, we're scared of this. We're anxious about the fact that so much responsibility has been given to us. And so we sit fast and stick to what we know. We worry about not having all of the answers And so we attempt to answer the questions thrown at us in order to show others that actually we really do. But the reality is, is that these are not things to be anxious about. In Matthew it says this, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. There is a culture in church that humility is a good thing, and it is. 
but it has turned into self-deprecation. The biggest barrier I have seen in involving adults in the lives of young people in this town is the belief that we're not good enough, talented enough, or gifted enough, or that in fact we cannot handle the amazing gifts and light given to us. We are totally undeserving of them. It is because of this mentality that there are not enough leaders for the ministries that are currently running within the church, in Zone, WGW, and LifeSpace in particular. It is because of this mentality that there are not enough people willing to step out of the church building and engage with the teenagers and young adults of this town who do not know that there is a life beyond the valley they're trapped in and a calling to be more. It is because of this mentality that on a weekly basis I hear, I'm not good enough, I can't relate, I don't know what I'm doing, or I don't know what I can give. And yet I wonder if the 12 disciples in this moment of commissioning thought the same thing. And yet today we're sat here listening to me drone on because of them. Because in the end, they chose to believe that Jesus believed in them. They stepped out of their temples and into the world of others. And whilst this is a somber and challenging message, there is good news. Marianne Williamson, an activist and author, writes this. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people will not feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine, as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. And it's not just in some of us. It is in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give others permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. I say this morning, I want to tell you that you are good enough. You have something to give. And when you feel like you've got nothing to give, you have two ears to listen to the stories of the young people of this town. You can be a liberator of fear and make manifest the glory of God in the lives of the young people and young adults. And this faith that God has placed in you may seem foolish as it did to me. But as we see in 1 Corinthians 1, the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom and the weaknesses of God is stronger than human strength. As I sat staring at that pipe and ball, God spoke to me clearly, and this is what he said. You say wisdom belongs to the wise, and yet it is the young who carry the prophecies of God and the vision to carry it forward. You say wisdom belongs to the experienced among us, and yet it is the one with fresh eyes that make us change our focus. You say wisdom belongs to those who are scholars and professionals in their field, and yet it is those who are still learning who produce creative solutions to the world's problems. 
It is because of this that it is okay not to have all of the answers, to know what is current, hip or trendy, or even know where it is we're going. Because there is already an army of young people awake to the world and the opportunities ready to be birthed. The question is, are we ready to follow it as it assembles in order to mentor, support and encourage it as it grows? This morning, we have an opportunity for us to begin to follow the young people in their vision and join in with what they're doing. The vision, formulated by the young people and the young people only, through the wisdom of God, is this. That all young people and young adults might know the fullness of life in all its facets, spiritually, physically and emotionally, and be caught up in a cycle of transformation of themselves and the world with the love that God has for us all in order to expose and grow the kingdom of God in the everyday. And as we do this, we do do so in community, not as a one-off act of service to attend or do. We will be centered around who Jesus is and the love he demonstrated without boundaries. And the community will be known as space as it grows into a movement that is learning to flourish in the following. Encouraging joyful, wholesome relationships through kindness and caring for each other at the foundation of all that we do. Being welcoming and hospitable in creating a safe place. Being inclusive and accepting of all. Being honouring, patient and respectful. Learning from the culture around it. Being passionately united, servant-hearted, supportive and encouraging. Being open and vulnerable, giving all that we are into all that we do. Being bold and audacious taking experimental risks in order to equip and release, and finally to be accountable and teachable. And this is a vision that we want you to be a part of. At one, a picture was given of lots of little and big cogs working together within the youth ministry. In serving life and living together, we all hold a gift that God has given us. The gifts of administration, creativity, discipleship and evangelism, hanging out, hospitality, grace, mercy, hope, sport, celebration, listening and understanding, prayer, faith, mentoring, computer stuff, <laughs> graphic design, crafts, making things, cooking, welcome, healing, teaching, prophecy, pastoring, helps and service and leadership, alongside many others that I could continue to list, lay inside each and every one of us. And as each of us holds a gift, there is not one of us who cannot give it away in serving the young people of our church, of this town, and of our nation. Let us pray. Lord God, may you bless us with discomfort at easy answers. Half-truths and superficial relationships with young people so that we may live deep within our hearts. May God bless us with anger at injustice, oppression and exploitation of his children so that we may work for justice, freedom and peace. 
May God bless us with tears to shed for those who suffer from pain, rejection, low esteem and hopelessness, that we may reach out our hands to comfort them and turn their pain into joy. May God bless us with enough foolishness to believe that we can make a difference to the lives of young people, so that we may see dry bones live and an army march. And may the blessing of God, who creates, redeems, and has faith, belief, and wisdom to believe in us, be upon us, as we love and pray for this day and forevermore. Amen.